I... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know if you'll do something. What? I want to know if you'll go someplace with me. Like where? The drive-in. Look, Daddy, I like you. Like? I like you! That's the thing, I like you too. Daddy! There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. I don't understand. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, Daddy. A rebel. Chris Gauzer here with Matt Howell. And on this episode of The First Run, Matt and I succumb to the matriarchy and all things capitalism to discuss Barbie. Greta Gerwig's big screen, anti-man, pro-communism screed is here and is tearing up the charts, Matt. Could a movie about a girl's toy actually be good and have a little something for the fellas? There's the uh, Pinkalicious as well rundown of the big releases on physical media featuring your streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then Matt and I are going to close out the big show by sharing our five favorite movie tie-in promotions. Tie-in? Some, I, I don't know. Whatever. I kind of threw this one together at the last minute. So let's head on over to the Malibu Dreamhouse, Matt, and dip our tallest feet in the pool. It's Barbie, bitch. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. All right, Ken, you're on. Let's beach off. Anyone who wants to beach him off has to beach me off first. I will beach both of you off at the same time. But you don't even know how to beach yourself off. How are you going to beach oh, both of us off? It doesn't make I sense. Can? You can Why even beach yourself off. You're going to beach Come both on, of us off. Beach. Nobody's going to beach anyone off. Well, that's disappointing. Matt, what is Barbie all about? I know you've been looking forward to this one all year. Uh, yeah, I have been. So it's Barbie Land, which is a place that kind of exists like some people know about it but uh, others don't but anyway margot robbie is uh, plays the titular barbie and she starts having some weird thoughts uh thinking about death getting cellulite things that should not be happening to her and she finds out that the way to fix it is to go into the real world and talk to the girl who's playing with her ken played by ryan gosling tags along and when they come back, uh, Ken has some ideas. He has some things of the way things could be from being out in the real world. I don't, this is a family show. I don't know if you can say a word like titular. <laughs> I mean, it stands for title, but <laughs> oh. did I hit, did I hit the, the tit too much? Is that, is it a little, <laughs> I think so. Too much That's emphasis? right. Titian. That's a reference probably <laughs> no people are going to get. Matt, Barbie is here. Mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig, indie darling. Mm-hmm. After directing the highly successful Little Women reboot remake thing, yeah, new adaptation. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, now she has been handled the keys to one of the largest intellectual properties on the planet. Mm-hmm. But we've made a movie about a children's doll. Wouldn't be the first time. Matt, what are your thoughts on Barbie? Is it work? Is it a? Uh, 
Is it a, just a crazy, pinko, green-haired, feminist screed about capitalism bad <laughs> and men, you take your, you know your place because you know, like a Ben Shapiro fantasy world mm-hmm. or uh, there's something, is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it good? Did you like it? Not really. Um, Wait, I, what? You didn't? I wanted this to be funnier than wow. it was. I... I wanted it to be, well, like I said, funnier than it was. And I don't know why it just didn't, the jokes were not that great. And I don't know, I don't feel like I'm alone in this because my theater that I saw, which was completely full, was basically silent through most of the film. Like nobody was laughing at a lot of these jokes. And in fact, in some cases, I was the only one laughing at some of these jokes. So I don't know what the disconnect is. I think it's good in parts, but it, it isn't as funny as I would have hoped. And go ahead and play your oh-so-clever clip so you can jump into <laughs> Matt, how I'm completely Matt, wrong. Matt can see me reaching <laughs> for my soundboard. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Does that suck? No, I... I th- that's fascinating to me because mm. I saw it in a packed theater. Yeah. What was what was your attendance level? Packed. It was basically completely full. Sold out. And everybody loved it. We had a blast at mm. my screen. I took Mrs. First Run, though yeah. she fir- falls firmly in the, if you've seen that one trailer, if you hate Barbie, this yeah. is the Barbie movie for you. <laughs> and she mostly enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, she has trouble with anything that has any real kind of fantasy elements. Right. Though she does enjoy your Hallmark movies. Let, let's let's not examine that any further. But uh, no, yeah, no, Matt, this is, this is fun. I think they pulled this off, mostly. I mean, I think there is an inherent contradiction about the kind of capitalistic impact of the, even the existence of this film. Mm-hmm. And still possibly reinforcing those kind of harmful beauty standards Mm -hmm. that it is still kind of making fun of as Mm -hmm. well. But I think Gerwig and then, of course, her spouse, Bombach, who co-wrote the film with her, I think they do a good enough job addressing it well enough in the script and with the humor. And I think, too, with... uh, amiable invested cast particularly robbie and and then of course our our boy ryan gosling yeah he's the best part of the whole film yeah i think he really i'd like to see him in more comedies i Mm. really would i think that's an untapped well reservoir of just geysery juicy goodness (laughs) coming from ryan that i'd like to explore more often and uh there are some struggles i have like i think america ferrara's relationship with her daughter maybe a bit obvious at mm-hmm. times what's that plot line is going to be in her big rousing speech is clunk-ish yeah. i'm not going to say it's clunky but it's clunk-ish and i think it's relatively subversive for a film with this kind of background and you know the when you this kind of major ip like this i think gerwig does good yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's about as subversive as it can be, that as much as Mattel would like them to be, and I don't think they can really go all in on some of the things around, 
you know, the beauty standard, the unrealistic expectations and stuff like that, the, the harm that it, that Barbie can do. Although there's a few winking, you know, nods to it. I think when Helen Mirren is giving a voiceover saying, you know, no to the filmmakers, don't cast Margot Robbie if that's the point you're trying to make, I right. think is what she like flat out says. But that's all kind of indicative of a particular thing, or at least that little thing. This thing has all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Like it's, yeah. it's not yeah. nuanced at all. And I'm actually a little pissed off at Greta Gerwig for, and Noah Baumbach for the kind of making me at least any at all, like relate to what the MR, the, the, the men's rights guys are even saying, because I don't understand what the point is with Ken. Like Barbie society mm-hmm. seems, well, Barbie society seems awful, right? They don't have a place to live. They're basically, which is addressed multiple times, but by the end of the movie, it's never solved. Like, they never, like, the biggest threat to the Barbie way of life is allowing the Kens to vote. And, like, the whole climax of the film is, like, is preventing them to, to vote. And that's, like, that's the thing you should celebrate is the fact that you're making sure that they don't have a voice. And while I understand the whole idea that it's you know their voice with the patriarchy and all this stuff the kind of toxic ideas they've come back with like i don't understand how like that's like the positive thing that they're representing right and and i wouldn't have a problem with any of this really if it wasn't so much of a message film and like that's the part that seems weird to me the fact that just by the fact that ken comes back with the ideas that the barbies immediately kind of fall under its sway without them having to do anything. Like he basically just comes back and starts talking about it. And the Barbies just fall under his spell. That's, that's weird. Like those are weird things to kind of throw out there that I don't understand how those things can be seen as like a, like a a rousing to a clunkish rousing speech. That's going to solve everything. First off, you're talking about a film that exists in Barbie land for probably 65% no, no, no. of it. Okay, yeah, I know, but don't and don't come at me with it's a kid's toy. Like I'm not going to say that, but I'd also point out to you in regards to the patriarchy and the impacts of that, I would just kind of point back to all of recorded history. But it would still, I think that That's so <laughs> stupid, Chris. That's here's, so All right, so here's lazy. what I'm going to say to that. So lazy. Go ahead. <laughs> just going to say to that. First off, I I agree with you that Ken that Ryan Gosling's Ken is probably the best thing about the film. And I walked out of it and I'm thinking to myself, oh no, like, did I not get this then? <laughs> if I'm walking out of this thinking that Ken is like, this is a failure on Gerwig's part then? That he ends up being the most interesting and engaging aspect of the entire film? I'm like, am I not praising the women in the film enough? <laughs> like the directors that I will say too, on a side note, costume design and production design, Jacqueline Duran and Sarah Greenwood, respectively, knock it out of the park. Sarah, set director Katie Spencer again, Oscar nominations, guaranteed. Uh, put the money right down now. They're going to get noms. Uh, but still, I'm walking out of this thinking, Matt, oh no, that I, that I, am I part of the problem? And then, then it hits me that that's what Gerwig and Bombach are doing here. It is a stealth movie for men, Barbie. It is, it's not so much for me, I think. <laughs> or at least it's like a backdoor kind of thing where it gives men an opportunity to kind of see a world. They'll see the world that they've created and what it would potentially be mm-hmm. like, you know, if they hadn't. 
And like, like I never worry about my safety when I'm walking down a road by myself, right. or if I there's a woman with in front of me that I don't know, like you know, twenty feet ahead. But right. she is. It's right. going through her head. What's going to happen? Like I'll purposely but, like cross a street, you know, just in case, kind of a thing like that, right? Because yeah, there's but no that's chance again, that I'm going to likely be assaulted, raped, or killed, right? I'm not saying it doesn't have good points, but what I'm saying, but you're not addressing the the kind of climax point. I mean, that's all aside, right? Yeah. The denouement, the big, the big rousing thing that's kicked off by America Ferreira's clunk-ish speech is take the power back, yeah. oppress this group, essentially, don't allow them into government, don't allow them to vote, everything's great. Like, and they play it for like a joke at the end, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, to me, it would have been smarter to be like, mirror more like the real world, like, okay... We say things are better, but they're, and they are, I guess, slightly, but they're, you know, still bad. And there's still a lot more that we could go. We, there's still a lot more we can do. They don't even pay any lip service to any of that. The Kens are like, thanks, Barbie, for taking it back over. You know what? Thank you for, for yeah. preventing us from, from voting. And it's such a, it's such a weird message. It's like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not like, yeah, you know, listen, I, I do agree with you with that. I think I would have thought that the end of it would have been like, well, why don't we try and create a society where we're all inherently equal instead? Right. Right? And they do shy away from that. But I think it's because at that point, Gerwig and Bombeck are more looking for the laugh than they are trying to make a grand statement. And maybe that's part of your concern with the film, too, is that it's it's a film of two minds that never really commits to either one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel, I don't know. I think it was funny enough. I thought the message was strong enough as well. And I, I was, I, I did enjoy myself watching this film. I, I thought it was fun, entertaining. I, I, I will acquiesce to your point about that. And I had that same reaction. Well, no, like the president's like, well, again, I, it's a Ray who plays the president, another great form of Kate McKinnon as the weird Barbie, lots of great stuff. But they said, yeah, can we be a judge too? And she's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> right. A, but I mean, it w- and it would have even been more funny if it was like, okay, if it's like the real Supreme Court, yeah, you can be three of them. And like, you know, you still won't have a, you know, you still will get outvoted nine times yeah. out of 10, just like it is in real life. But, yep. you know, I I don't know. It's just. Uh, I think it's just a gag throwaway thing. It's particularly for women to see it. See, yeah. things are better off if we're in charge. Right, right. Which in a weird way too is. I'm not going to say equally sexist, but let's not think that women can't be as evil as men either. Right. No, that's that's true. I mean, we've got a few in government right now that uh, yes. we that are are good examples of uh, that. All, not all things are are you know sunshine and roses, but uh, yeah, I guess I I, I want to. I didn't hate the film. I just I really expected to really love this film and I just didn't. And I'm kind of disappointed by that. That's all I think where I'm kind of coming down on it. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just like, here's some info in the patriarchy. Here's a couple gags and here's a side order of the negative aspects of capitalism while you go out and buy Barbie toys. And then you go ahead and pose inside the big Barbie box in the theater. Right. To help promote us on social media to get more people in the theater. So, it, yeah, I mean, the thing's done exceptionally well. It's a massive hit, Matt. We've, we're clearing 800 mil right now internationally. We're going to break a billion. Yep. And I think that's great. No, that is. That's awesome. That's really awesome. I'd be, I'll be curious to see what the kind of 
what is the legacy of the film though? Like how popular does this film stay? Is it become a classic or is it kind of fizzle like a, an avatar or something? I don't know. I'm curious to see too if they'll pursue a sequel. Gerwig has said that this it took basically everything she had to make this, mm-hmm. and she does doesn't have it in her to make a second one. Uh, I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe after a few years, she'll change her mind. Maybe they'll just. I, I can't imagine just going to let it go, and this will be it, considering the financial success of the film. Oh, it's not. It's not it. I mean, they've already started to learn the long the wrong lessons. I mean, we. I forget who, but they've already announced a Polly Pocket movie so buckle up guys this is this is happening i mean (laughs) these things have made money and now the what the studio is saying is we need to make more films based off of you know nostalgic you know girl toys and i'm still on board for like a a horror exploitation kind of uh, hungry hungry hippos film (laughs) but i do i i am kind of interested to see if they find this finally gets he-man off the back burner Mm. Because mm-hmm. I think that thing's been in discussion or in development for like five years now. I think there's been yeah. two or three He-Men cast. I mean, it's two directors in and out. Yeah, so hopefully this lights a fire for that. Because that's one of the last big properties from my childhood that I have not gotten, and I'm going to say this, a proper big screen adaptation of. Mm-hmm. So That'd be pretty no, sweet. No, no uh, shade on uh, Dolph or Frank, but the rest of the film is a... Yeah, I mean, th- that film has its charms. I mean, if you're in the right mind space, you know, it can be fun, if not good. I, I'm not an edibles guy, man. <laughs> you keep trying to get me to do this stuff, but it's just not who I am. You know, you just uh, help you mellow out, man. <laughs> yes. All right, Matt, do you have any other uh, thoughts outside of the fact that if you're thinking of a Christmas present for me, I would take a I'm Ken Enough shirt or sweater. Mm. I absolutely would would buy Dude, that. I know it is that is a pretty sweet shirt. I, I kind of I kind of feel like I need one of those. Um, no, I don't have anything else to say about this film. It has its high points. It has its good moments, but it just didn't deliver as much as I was hoping it was going to. Yeah, no, I'm a little more bullish on it. I think Matt is slightly incorrect. Uh, and also, too, you'll want to get a you, – well, you still can. Go ahead and Google Barbie movie. Um, it does the little sparkles, and then your oh, whole screen nice. turns pink. Nice. So it is, as the kids say, adorbs. Matt, I'm giving a Barbie a uh, B for Barbie plus. B plus for Barb. B plus. I'm kind of on the fence. Um, I think I'm going to give it a C plus. Uh, I kind of vacillated between a C plus and a B minus, but uh, – I don't know, I think I have to land with my initial gut reaction. <sighs> All right, Matt, well. This is Kaka. That is Kaka, <laughs> but that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. You've had a chance to see Barbie the film. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. I just kind of love just how weird it was at times, too. You know, and how all this stuff is just kind of the the world that it exists in is totally accepted. That there's a Barbie land, that there's like yeah. this nine different things you have to do to get there, that there are ghosts. I mean, there's yeah. just a weird kind of concoction of just off the wall, oddball things. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's fun. Matt, coming up on Physical Media this upcoming Tuesday, August 8th. Oof, we are rolling. Summer's winding down. Yeah, so either way, Matt, I know, I know Matt is uh, looking forward to this one. Mom! Just, just stop! You're good for you, you're figuring your shit out. That's great, I'm really, really happy for you. But 
I'm tired. I don't want to hurt anymore, and for some reason when I'm with you, it just... It just hurts the both of us. So let's just go our separate ways, okay? Just let me go. So Matt, that was actually number four on my list. There's okay. not a lot of things coming out this week. And I was going to make an honorable mention, not honorable, but not part of the top five because it's a 4K release. Right. But there were so few films coming out on home video this week. So I thought, I'll just throw it in there. And the reason why it's number four is not higher on my list is because I'm upset about it. Okay. It is a $45 4K a24 exclusive re-release of everything everywhere all at once hmm. featuring artwork by james jean and a stuffed interior which includes a tax prep folder the printed disc book and it comes in a foil stamp slip slip case with hand uh, written lettering throughout it includes an exclusive mini documentary profiling the oscar uh, nominated son lux exclusive mini documentary and the film's effects two short films from the directors the daniels interesting ball from 14 and pockets from 11 two commentaries uh, a, rev- a reel of alternate takes of stephanie zhao as jobu deleted scenes bloopers and outtakes and more it looks beautiful and if you're a fan of this set or the, of this film i should say i'd say pick it up uh, I wish I'd known this was coming because I would have sat and waited on it, but I didn't. Mm. I bought everything everywhere all at once on 4K as part of Black Christmas sale. So mm-hmm. I think I only paid eight bucks for it when I bought right. it. Right. But it's not a new transfer. It's just a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So which is I, your favorite part gonna, of it like is? The... I think I'm going to sit on it though. I, I don't know. Do you own that at all? Would you I do. I did. I okay. same thing. I bought it when it was like cheap. So this would have to get really cheap as well. But it won't happen because they'll get snapped up and that'll be it. Yeah, it'll sell. I do have the Midsommar set, which is is cool looking. And again, I got that one because I didn't have it on physical media. Right. It had only been released on Blu-ray. So when that 4K came out, that was my chance to pick it up. But uh, yeah, there you go. And that actually comes out on August 7th. All right, okay. just so you know. So uh, you might be able to pre-order it now, though, on the 824 site. You may want to check into that. Number five. It's going to be, oh, this is what I should have. You know what? I wanted to pull a clip, Matt, for you for this, but I couldn't find one online that wasn't one we had already used, and that is Dante. Of course, not not that Dante, Chasing Amy Dante. I'm mm-hmm. talking Jason Momoa Dante. Oh, okay. Fast X being released includes a steel book from Best Buy, a digital book from Walmart, and if you have it from Target, it has 10 art cards, which if you saw, it's basically a repl- replicas of all the posters where each one of the actors is behind the wheel of a car. Okay. Uh, you got Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos tracks, feature commentary by uh, the director, Latier, and then a whole bunch of featurettes, mostly about family, and then a gag reel. And also you can pick up a 10-movie collection map, all 10 films in 4K in one set. Now I'll tell you, that 9-disc set on 4K has been hovering around 40, 45 bucks for a while on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you don't own them in 4K, I'd probably pull the trigger on that set and then wait for this to drop cheaper uh, uh, on 4K, like around Black Christmas or Black Friday. 
Black Christmas is a fantastic film, not the holiday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's probably what I would do. Now, I'll be honest with you, Matt. I don't think I'm ever going to buy a single Fast and Furious film. I have never owned any of them in physical media. Because yeah. while I enjoy most of them while I watch them, once I'm done, I'm like, I, I think I think I'm good. Yeah, me too. I can't. And, I would never plug in another one. And then I could always just go to YouTube and say, you know what? Let's watch some vintage uh, Dante Greatest Hits and see all the Momoa I want to see right in that 15-minute kind of succinct <laughs> bit. And then I'm all set. We talked about everything, everywhere, all at once. Number four, Matt. Then number three. Get three coffins ready. Huh? Criterion is releasing Kurosawa's Dreams in 4K, a brand new 4K restoration. This is a uh, eight kind of mythic vignettes, all based on dreams that Kurosawa had. It includes a commentary by film scholar Stephen Prince. The feature-length documentary from 1990, shot on set and directed by. Obayashi uh, interviews from the production manager and assistant director and a documentary from 2011 um, as well, uh, featuring interviews with Bertolucci, Inaratu, Scorsese, Miyazaki, and more. Talk about a murderer's row, dear Lord. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can pick up Dreams in 4K. And then Matt, ooh, this one was a holy grail. This is actually one I never really thought we'd ever see in 4K. Looks like we're shy one horse. <laughs> You brought two too many. So we have Swamp Thing. The uh, OG film is being released in 4K, but it includes the U.S. and the international version, also known as the Adrian Barbeau cut, if you know what I mean. Okay. And I felt like that film, that version of it, the rights to it were a nightmare. So you were never going to get a 4K scan re-release of that version. And both... 16-bit 4K restorations included in this set. So I think I'd mentioned this before, and I had pre-ordered it, so now it should finally be coming in the mail. I think my Amazon delivery date is like August 13th. Uh, so, But there you go. You can get the 4K, and then there's going to be a Blu-ray version of the 4K scan as well. It's included in this set, or you can buy just a Blu-ray. It includes audio commentary from Wes Craven, um, audio commentary by the makeup effects artist William Munn, and uh, some other stuff, Tales from the Swamp, featuring an interview with Barbo, and a whole bunch more. Some uh, poster and lobby card photo galleries and more. There's going to be like a super special edition that you can get from MVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like a regular edition uh, 4K and as well as a regular edition Blu-ray. Okay. So you can pick that up, Matt. And then finally, oh, now wait, this is one that Matt's going to want. can be only one. Enter the Dragon is getting a 4K release, Matt, Ooh. and Best Buy has an exclusive steelbook, brand new 4K restoration of the film, a brand new Dolby Atmos audio track, and includes both the theatrical and special edition versions of the film, as well as an audio commentary. Uh, so, Matt, will you be getting Enter the Dragon? I have it on Blu-ray. Will you upgrade to 4K? You must have it on Blue. I do have it on Blue, because it's in the... I do have it in Blue. Um, and here's the thing. It's in that Arrow set as well, but I can't bring myself to do it because the Blu-rays are not region-free. But yeah, I probably will pick this up when it gets to the right price. There you go. And then finally, your other 4K release, Matt, at Ender's Game is getting released by Best Buy uh, via Steelbook. And then your straight-to-DVD pick of the week inc- includes possibly one of the worst Photoshop covers of all time. <laughs> Take a minute right now, folks. Pause the show. You don't have to pause. You can keep listening. 97 minutes featuring Alec Baldwin and Jonathan Reese Myers. Look at that cover and tell me that that's actually Alec Baldwin. 
A hijacked 767 will crash, Matt, in just 97 minutes when it runs out of fuel. An NSA director prepares to have the plane shot down before it does any catastrophic damage on the ground, leaving the fate of the innocent passengers in the hands of an undercover Interpol agent who's been embedded in a terrorist cell. What should we be streaming this week? Again, people, Google the cover, 97 minutes. I'll have to check that out. Um, So, speaking of toys getting films... um, I watched uh, Transformers Rise of the Beats the other night. It's available on Paramount Ooh. Plus uh, for your viewing pleasure. And I will say this. I'm hypercritical of the Transformers movies. I don't like... The only one I really say that I enjoyed is Bumblebee. I didn't hate this. It's not good. And it's very stupid. But I had a good time watching it. Uh, so I guess that's something. Oh, good. All right. Should, well, you, should I check it out or no? Is it worth my time? I mean, time? I wouldn't go out of your way, but if it's, you know, if you've got the time and it's there, I would, I wouldn't, I could see how you could find worse ways to spend two hours. And I will say this, at the very end, I'm sorry I'm spoiling this, so skip ahead 30 seconds, but they have a, a stinger for G.I. Joe, so they may be trying to resurrect G.I. Joe in the Transformers universe. I had heard about this, that they're trying to merge them. And even I think there may even be a third property down the road, too. But okay. yeah, G.I. Joe vs. Transformers could be a reality, man. I remember that comic. Mm-hmm. Did you read G.I. Joe vs. Transformers? Are you old enough for that? Young enough? Old enough uh, um, yeah, I, I remember it being there, being out, but I've never seen it. Or seen it. I never read it. Was there a proper Starscream in this one, or no? Is no. it just... Right. No, no. None of the... I, I'd never watched the Beast Wars show, but other than... I think there's the Autobots, right? And then there's the the Beast bots. And then there's like, I think the bad guys are from that Beast Wars show. All right. But isn't the bad guy Unicron from like the original animated yes, film? Yes. Yes. The, the big, big bad guy, the kind of world-ending threat is Unicron. But he's, but mostly you you deal with like his servants, like his lackeys who are doing stuff. Oh, you'd have to. Yeah, it's too big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this, does Optimus die then? I'll just spoil the whole thing for me, like he does in the original film. No, he does not. Oh, good man. What? Who ever thought that was a good idea? I was talking one of the most traumatic parts of my entire childhood. Oh, I know. Yeah, that. Yeah, I was not prepared for the opening minutes of of that uh, film. Yeah, I was. I was heartbroken with that. What's? Do you hear something in the background? What, what is that? <laughs> Oh, Matt, August 11th, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. The motion picture is being released if you're a David Bowie fan as well. Just wanted to go to a quick little shout-out at the end here. It's coming out a few days later. Uh, it's the first time the entire show, Matt, is going to be available. I went and saw this in the theater when it came out uh, about, what, three weeks ago or so, and I'm so happy that we finally get to see the full show from Hammersmith. This is the legendary last show of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And um, what's so great about it, when I say there's the full show, is that originally Jeff Beck came out and did a medley of the Gene Genie, as you just heard, with Love Me Do, uh, and then kind of weaving back into Gene Genie, and then they did a cover of Chuck Berry's Round and Round. Mm -hmm. And then at the last minute, basically, Beck said he wanted it pulled and never really explained why. Uh, The general consensus was he felt like he just didn't do a great job uh, at that night at the show. But they, I guess they, after since he's passed, his estate has said give gave the Bowie estate a thumbs up. So now you can see the entire thing. It's going to be available on Blu-ray. It's a brand new 4K restoration as well, but just on Blu-ray. And it also comes with 
two CDs representing the entire concert in its entirety as well. Entire concert in its entirety? Either way, the one thing I have a problem with, Matt, is that you're charging basically 50 bucks for it, which is insane. Mm. So I have not actually pre-ordered it. I'm not okay. paying $50 for this. Once it gets down to 30 I'll think about it. And it may be hovering around 40 right now. But 25 to 30 is the max I think I'll pay for this. And that's I'm basically just eyeing it the whole time. So we'll see how it goes, Matt. All right. That's it. Let's wrap the show up with our five favorite movie tie-ins. If I wasn't vegan, Matt, I was going to try this. Though I think it would have probably been to my detriment. Batman can fight crime, but only you can bring home the Batman calzone from Little Caesars with pizza and calzone crust. So you tell us, who's the real hero? Walk in and walk out with the Batman calzone and see the Batman in theaters March 4th. Pizza, pizza. You know, I used to love Little Caesars when I was a kid. I especially loved the crazy red. We used to go there, pick up a little pizza, pizza, and Mm -hmm. uh, have a good time. What was your favorite fast food pizza? My favorite fast food pizza was probably Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. That was the one. Yeah, I think that was the best one. I, I it didn't wasn't a huge fan of Domino's, and you know a lot of the ones like Papa John's stuff that came out later. Yeah, I I grew up I grew up. I worked at Pizza. That was my first job from basically fifteen to like twenty. I think mm-hmm. I worked there through high school and college, and uh, I can't I, I I just couldn't eat Pizza Hut again <laughs> after that. Yeah, though they had a lot of crazy stuff like the Steak Lovers, mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Oh yeah, I actually was a Pizza guy too growing up until that point. Then when Domino's did their refresh, yeah, uh, I was on board with that. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like Domino's. It's 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 pretty good for fast food pizza. But that's really all we have around here anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, the- God, try living down here. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, not that's that we need it because the pizza for nothing else is is great in Connecticut. So it is. That's the one thing you got over. Well, one thing. There are thousands <laughs> of things you have over it. But uh, yeah, it's it's a pizza desert down here. Basically, mm-hmm. I anyway, I'm gonna get depressed, Matt. <laughs> Why don't you start us off? What's your favorite movie tie-in promotion product type thing? What do you got for us? All right. So the first one is uh, from my deep youth, as many of these are. This is a food item in celebration of Ghostbusters. It is the legendary High C Ecto Cooler. The tangerine and orange flavored drink that has been dyed green for your drinking pleasure to give you an idea of uh, reminiscent of Slimer. It actually tastes pretty good. Uh, I remember drinking many a juice box of this in elementary school at lunchtime. And it's uh, it's one of those things that's got a nostalgic taste. I don't know how it would taste as an adult. It did get re-released, I think, when the 2016 version of Ghostbusters came out. But I did not try it. Ecto Cooler is an honorable mention for me as mm. well. That is That is a good pick, Matt. My number five, then, is Movies. Mm. From the uh, View Askew universe, uh, they actually, Kevin Smith did basically a pop-up movies uh, all over the country. And mm. uh, we were going to go here. There was one, I don't know if it came to Tampa, if it came really close, didn't end up going. And they do have uh, Impossible Meat there. So mm-hmm. they do have vegan options because, you know, Kevin Smith is now vegan right. after his uh, Widowmaker heart attack that he survived. But folks, I'll also point out as, as well, do not eat Impossible Meat. Okay, mm. it is at least as a transitionary item you can, but it is health. I think health wise even worse for you than beef. <laughs> it's because of all the oil and salt. But uh, either way, the fact that we had pop up movies, you could order anything you wanted from there, uh, was fantastic. And uh, I also too 
when I had to tie it in, when Clerks 2 came out on DVD, it came out in a special edition DVD set. Just, we don't see, I think I tweeted about this last week too. You don't see stuff like this anymore, Matt. It came in a, like a Happy Meal box. So I have a cup, a straw for movies. I have a worker's visor. I have a movie's name tag as well. There's one other thing I'm blanking on what it is. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Movies is my five. That's a good one. Um, all right, so my number four. Are you familiar with Micro Machines, the tiny little sure. little cars that they used yeah, to have? Yeah. Well, they did a period where they were tied into various sci-fi properties. So you get the vehicle. So they had like Star Trek ones, and I have, I still have those. You know, Star Wars ones, which I still have. But then they inexplicably did a set for the Aliens films. Um, so you could buy a little Nostromo. Uh, you could buy a Sulaco. And I still have them. And I thought it was really weird that a film like Aliens would have, you know, a a toy made for, theoretically, children 15 years after the film came out. <laughs> it is, yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 got its fans. It's a cool mm-hmm. classic. I don't know what you expect, man. Um, that my number four then is out of all the promotional serials, I think this may have been my favorite, and that was the Batman serial from mm-hmm. 1989, mm-hmm. which I think was basically just a riff on Captain Crunch, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it had the '89 Batman Keaton Burton emblem on the box. And it's just, you know, it's a sugary kids cereal. Yeah. But, I think it had marshmallows uh, in it. Did, did it? It may have. I don't yeah. remember that. It may very well have. But yeah, so little kid me loved me some Batman cereal. Donkey Kong was good too, but that's a, that was mm. another one. All right. So then my uh, number three then is from one of my favorite horror films, or at least the first one. If your child is super into um, BDSM, um, torture... Uh, and you know, kind of things with the satanic overtone, the best thing that you can give them is dig up one of the Hellraiser action figures of all of the Cenobites, um, released by NECA. Uh, they are hyper realistic and they are really gross. And again, I think, uh, really more of a collectible, but, uh, I just, the fact that they exist at all is, is wild to me. And I, <laughs> That's inappropriate for kids, man. <laughs> I do have a I do have a chatterer figure somewhere in my house. Nice. Yeah. I I cannot tell you. I know you're not going to pick it up. But Arrow announced that Hellraiser, what is it, Quartet of Torment yeah. box set, the first yeah. four films in 4K, and I cannot wait to get my hands on that thing. I oh, it looks gorgeous. I know. Yeah. You, you, it's going to be about seventy bucks. You're or actually, I think it, I think Grindhouse Video has it actually even cheaper, maybe sixty five. But you're not going to pull the trigger, huh? Uh, probably not because I really only really like the first one. I enjoy the second one, and I'm not going to spend seventy dollars on a half a set that I like, and the other half I would never look at. Yeah, well, I'm sure they release the other independently or individual releases at some point, mm-hmm. or. It'll come out from Scream Factory or some other boutique label here at some point. But, man, that Arrow set is gorgeous. So, all right. And I I ordered my Frontiers and my It Follows and my May. Mm. And the uh, May and Frontiers are both uh, uh, Region Bs. So I will be buying my Region Free Player, I believe, this week, actually. So I'm very excited about that. Very exciting. So, Matt... My number three, and I'm hoping I'm not stealing your thunder on any of these, but major point of my childhood was heading over to Burger King 
and getting my Star Wars glasses. Mm-hmm. I still have my one of my Empire glasses in my pantry and I'm pantry in my kitchen right now. There is a slight crack down, uh, maybe uh, maybe not an inch and a half down one of the sides, so it's not used. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. First Run wants me to throw it away, but I will not do it. <laughs> and anytime I vacation anyplace, like I was just in Asheville, I find an antique store and I walk through and I look for Star Wars glasses. Mm-hmm. They did good. not have any, unfortunately. Right. But still, one of my favorite things is those Star Wars glasses. Uh, I had the one with uh, I had the one I have the one with Luke and Yoda. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I don't have any... And that's an Empire glass. I don't have any Star Wars glasses, original trail, original film, New Hope. I just have uh, that Empire one. And I had some Jedis, but they're long since destroyed or lost. I don't know. But that's it. That's my three. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, make show up later. Uh, okay. So, my number two, then, is... Uh... That's drinking glasses. Yeah, thing, not, uh, right. Yeah, specs. <laughs> When you think kids' films, when you think sci-fi kid blockbusters, the thing that really leaps to everyone's mind is David Lynch's version of Doom. And believe it or not, they they the studio was really banking on you know this being a big hit with kids with the toys. And um, me being the huge sci-fi nerd as I was as a child, I had a bunch of them. And I think my favorite of those is... Uh, have you seen the Lynch's Dune film? I never have actually. Okay, so in I it, know of it. The Harkonnen, the Harkonnen soldiers are in these like black, like uh, hazmat suits with like this this you know window that's full of fog and light and everything like that, so you can't see their faces. And they have these these guns. Well, I, I had the the Harkonnen ray gun, which I thought was a really cool looking toy for when you were playing sci-fi battles out in the yard and uh, i wish i still had it nice speaking of things i wish i still had my number two matt even for financial reasons is my 18 inch alien action figure that kenner put Mm. out after the alien film a alien toy for kids from one of the most terrifying films ever made Mm -hmm. and the coolest thing about it matt is it would glow in the dark and that's why my mom threw it away (laughs) because it would be in the closet yeah. And then my sister would see it at night and she would get scared. Now, some people in my family would say that I would place it certain places to scare my <laughs> sister. I will confirm nor deny that story, but that is why it was thrown away. Yeah. And I think that thing routinely sells anywhere from like three to five hundred bucks now. Yeah. But um you know the cool thing about it is if you press the back of the head, the little the secondary mouth it would open up and the other mouth would come out. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite freaky toys as a kid uh, that got thrown away. I'm sorry, Chris. That's just uh, that's a tragedy. I do still have my Indiana Jones figure, which is like a Ken doll, mm. but it's Indiana Jones. Okay. I still have my gun and my whip and my hat too with yeah. the leather jacket. So nice. Wow. Look out, folks. That's 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 serious. Yeah. Um. All right. So then my number one then is. Is the Burger King Star Wars glasses? Mm-hmm. I had a lot of those. I was way too young for um, Star Wars. I didn't really have any. I had maybe a couple Empire, but I probably had every single Return of the Jedi. And there's just something about when you were a kid, the years down the road, you still had them, and the the paint's all fading off. You know, there's probably you know lead in the paint somewhere. You know, you're wondering <laughs> what you're getting from the cheap Chinese manufacturer, but they have a certain nostalgia for people of a certain age. Uh, you know, us, us, uh, 
aging millennials slash young Gen Xers are, are really uh, into those kinds of things. And I, I don't. Them. Yeah, I can't understand what my attachment is to them, why I value them so much. They're just mm-hmm. glasses. What, right. What? But there is this weird, like, unidentifiable ethereal not ethereal but just quality to them that i just love them and i don't know what it is why yeah and uh what what thing that infuriates me too is that alamo draft house has started doing like specialty glasses for like big releases like that mm-hmm. but you can only get them in the theater you can't right. get them online and stuff and I'm, right uh, sons of bitches <laughs> so yeah all right matt then my number one i'm really excited for this you ready license to kill timothy dalton mm-hmm teamed up with the most natural team up of the James Bond franchise you would think of. I mean, if you look at the stuff that they sell on the James Bond store, Matt, you can buy his Ocean Master watch for like $5,000 or $10,000. You can buy 007 cufflinks for $1,000, right? That's one thing that they got to get their head. They got to figure out. That stuff there is too expensive. So who do they team up with for License to Kill? Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's right. So what happened is they offered a prize. This was in the UK. First mm-hmm. prize was a lucky winner would basically be James Bond for a day. You'd be able to drive an Aston Martin. You'd race a powerboat at high speed. Well, I think you'd be in a passenger seat. You'd fly in a helicopter and enjoy dinner and a night out at a top casino in a hotel. Matt, all you had to do is answer these four questions. And I'm going to play them for you now from the original video from 1989. We'll see if you can answer them, Matt. Here is number one. In how many films has Timothy Dalton played James Bond? Is it two, four, or six? Two. That is correct. It is indeed two. All right, you're on a roll. You ready? Here's Mm -hmm. here's the next one. In License to Kill, is Sanchez Pet a cat, an iguana, or a snake? Uh, It's been a long time, but I think it's an iguana. It is indeed. It is indeed an iguana. Look at you. Now, here's the problem. We shift from James Bond for these two to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. Next two. <laughs> All right. I'll probably get these easier than I would James Bond. In our advertising, we say, add Kentucky Fried Chicken, the secrets in the recipe, the cooking, or the taste. So now you got to remember an ad campaign from yeah. 1989 <laughs> yeah. from the UK KFC. Okay. I'm going to guess, if I was an ad wizard, I would say the secret is in the taste, I think is what it's going to be. All right, what we're going to do is at the end of this, I'm going to play you the KFC answer. So okay, please. we got one more. How many secret herbs and spices are there in the Colonel's original recipe? 11, 15, or 8? I didn't even need the multiple choice. It's 11 herbs and spices. What's great is during this whole ad campaign, which you can actually watch on YouTube, they say, now, if you pay attention to this at the end of the video, you may get some tips and some hints. We take herbs and we take spices to make that special taste. Only Kentucky Fried Chicken has the secret blend of 11 herbs and spices. No wonder it's the world's favorite. So chicken cooked our famous way has the taste that can't be beat. It's delicious tender chicken, herbs and spices too. That brings the taste so secret. Delicious Kentucky Fried Chicken. The secrets in the taste. You nailed it. Four for four, man. What can I say? Guess you know, you get to be James Bond for a day. Yeah. I guess what's hilarious to me is just listening to that posh English accent talk about KFC. Like, you know, a food that is from a 
that was originated in a gas station in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm very impressed, Matt. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. So there you go, folks. Uh, Matt, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah. So my honorable mentions were um, the Taco Bell uh, Demolition Man tie-in yep. because uh, mm-hmm. obviously – in the future, all restaurants are Taco Bell after the franchise wars. And um, just a broader nod, I can't overemphasize how oversaturated life was as a kid when Tim Burton's Batman came out. Any product that existed, yeah. it pretty much was there being hawked to you. And I can't even tell you how much of it I got. Um, but it was just just the sheer merchandising blitz with that was insane. Yeah, it was omnipresent. You couldn't get away with, from it. In fact, what's one of mine is a Taco Bell Batman cups. Uh, mm. Though that may have been more of a Batman Returns, because I think there was a Batman, a Catwoman, and a Penguin. Though I'm pretty sure they did something it's with them as well. Also, Burger King's Dark Whopper mat, which mm. they first introduced with Spider-Man 3, mm-hmm. and then brought back for the Dark Knight. I don't know why someone would want to eat a black hamburger but bun, but that's fine. <laughs> and then I've always been a fan. I had both of these sets of bed sheets, Matt, first for Star Wars. I had Empire Strikes Back sheets, and then I also had Superman sheets for the longest time. I talked about my Indiana Jones, Ken doll, and then Robocop toys, which mm. I always thought was a little odd as well. Yeah. If you've well, there was a, I mean, a Robocop cartoon. Yeah, but it's, how, it's just the... The timeline, the trip that that character took from that super violent first film, that possibly even more violent and profane second film. I don't people. I don't know if you were alive back then, but when RoboCop Two came out, there was an uproar about it because a how violent it was, but also more importantly because it had a little kid in it, like I think a twelve or thirteen year old who was dropping f bombs and killing people, mm-hmm. and there was like a big issue with that. Uh, but then it turns into a kid-friendly cartoon show, and the third film has absolutely no bite, and uh, yeah, it became a crazy, weird franchise, fun family thing. So there you go, folks. Matt, do you have any other mentions? Did I already ask you? I feel like I already you asked you. You did. Yeah, we did. I got all worked up with my, my RoboCop. <laughs> What's your favorite movie tie-in promotional product? Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, what's uh, coming up next week on the big show? I think we're going to try and check out Talk to Me. Um, and I believe we may also try and squeeze in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, which yeah. speaking of tie-ins, have you seen the, the ad where they bring, uh, the viral turtle zombie kid back from, uh, back to do into the commercials? No. Yeah. You should check it out. The, I like turtles kid from like the early internet days. Oh, I'm not even sure I know what that is. Oh, okay. Wow. Not up on your memes, eh? No, I'm I'm very much not a meme lord, as the kids mm. say. I'm uh yeah, no. So but thanks for rubbing that in. In the meantime, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, do a search for the first run, scroll, 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 eventually you'll find us. Head over to Apple Apple Podcasts. That's it. I almost said Apple iTunes. Apple Podcasts, give us a review to help other people find the show. And I think that's it. We're gonna go ahead, Matt, take extended break. Love you all very much. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you real soon. Here we go. Have a nice day. (laughs) Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent you.